0: Welcome to season three of the Student Leadership Podcast. We believe you were created to make a difference. So we want to equip you to lead your generation in whatever setting you find yourself in. So whether it's your high school, middle school, college campus, or anywhere in between, we want to help you point others to Jesus.
1: Hey, welcome to the Student Leadership Podcast. My name is Aaron. I'm here with the one and only Jor. What's up? The Jor. The Jor. We're <laughs> live. The only Jor. Come on now. And we're with Josh again. And we are joined once again. Running it back. Yes. One more episode with the one and only Josh Wellborn, National Youth Ministries Director for the Sons of God. Let's go, Josh. Glad to have you back. How are you? So good to be here.
0: Wow. Man, <laughs> even better be than honest. last time or about even the better. same?
2: I think it just keeps getting better every time we, every time we log on. Yeah.
0: Okay. Great. Well, you know, what's about to get better this icebreaker. Okay. We're, we're going another one now. I'm going to adjust the question I was planning on asking you because I felt convicted by your last message. So you're going to see the I'm applying your principles already in this icebreaker. So oh, hang gen- on one second.
1: So if you're a student listening,
0: go, oh. make sure you go back and listen to the well, first interview this, with Josh. It won't even make sense. Obviously, you got to listen to that one first. Yeah, or clearly, this is going to
1: make sense. And I, and check out the overtime episode with the crew. But OK, we, bro- back, we, are, back yeah, to you. we break it down. OK, yeah.
0: <clears throat> a genie appears. And grants you a wish for someone else in the world because leadership is servitude. Come on, baby. It's servitude or whatever it is. Do you mean to say servanthood? Is that what you meant to say? Okay. Thank you. No, it's an attitude of servanthood. (laughs) Servitude. (laughs) I'm writing a book. That's it. Okay. So here we go. A genie appears, grants you a wish for someone else in the world. Who and what do you make a wish for? Please don't make it spiritual. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't make it. I I, I think... I think everybody who has a, a every,
2: every, even if they're teenagers, if you've got a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you know, there's only one correct person to answer. So it has to be for my wife. Oh, right? shoot. Oh, that's, yeah. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> uh, yeah,
1: it's, No, it's okay, yeah. good. It's good. Yes.
0: Yeah. he's great. I think I, he's ready, very wise, right? Man. Very wise.
2: But see the, well, but there's some guys listening that are like, like, are you kidding me? No, I'm not gonna wish for anything special for my girlfriend. Hmm. But but <laughs> so I gotta do something for my wife. All right, well, what is it? What are we doing? What are we doing for
0: I don't her? know? I don't know. What would I wish for Jennifer? Uh, yeah, a genie, a literal genie is in front of you. The sky's the limit, Josh.
2: The sky's the limit. So I mean, how do you how do you not wish for more wishes? Is my no question. no no? You know that's
0: rule number one. <laughs> that's the only rule ever when it comes to yeah, Gene no. wishes. Is you can't wish for <laughs> and more. And if wishes. you can't come up with one, what are you going to do with the more wishes, Josh? Come on now, you got to <laughs> hit one.
2: Right. So, so, so the smart thing to do would be to hand off. If you're, if you're a smart guy, you hand it off to your lady. Let like oh, her wish. Okay. So, I think that's the smart move. But if, but if that's ruled the out Genie as well, like insists, I got a wish for something, right? Yes, it must be you, yeah. Josh. Yeah. So she's always. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I Gosh. love how serious he's taking this. This Is my I favorite know, part. I know because I only get one. This is a stressful
2: <laughs> yeah. question. Yeah. yeah. This is a stressful question because you only get one, right? Yeah. One. Like, it's a lot. There's, there's no more. Yeah. A lot of maybe it
0: shouldn't be for your wife then. If the, you know it's too big, maybe you can do it for someone else. Here, I'll answer. Yeah. He do you need the phone a friend, Josh. No, yeah. here. <laughs> can I answer? I'm gonna make Kenny Pickett's wish come true, and he's gonna win a Super Bowl this year. You oh, know, for goodness. Kenny, for Kenny wow. Pickett, for not him. for wow. me, for him. I just care not about that me. guy. <laughs> not, yeah.
2: Not for me. Um, I was very selfless. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Because I, I was trying to get around like the mental block of like, how George, do you not no, no, ask for just no, no. like millions and millions that of, of dollars? That is not selfless you...
1: on behalf of Jordan at all. He's no. a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers but fan. it has nothing so to do with that. It's not selfless
2: on his part. Well, I'm sure Eric Hoffman will appreciate that. <laughs> way. Oh, yes. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> do You have a waste uh, Josh. Come on.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the genie said, uh,
0: "The genie 'I'm leaving in 30 seconds <laughs> if you don't yeah. answer.'
2: Yeah, you're out of here. You're out of here. How do you? How do you not? How do you not just ask for millions and millions of dollars to just kind of figure it out later what you need? That's
1: fine. I think that's going to be your answer. That's kind of how you ask for more wishes. You just ask for a lot of money because then the I money actually so. lets you grant other wishes in other ways. I but, guess so. Yeah, but, I guess. But then, yeah.
2: And, but again, yeah. like Can money buy if a championship? you say money then you no. just sound like you're greedy and it's like I don't I don't know if I, I don't, don't know, know if I care that You've, much.
1: If you ask for money you fail the Solomon test.
2: Yeah. 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 So do you ask for wisdom then? Mm-hmm. I guess. That's the
1: only, for your wife. That's biblically the only answer. Wisdom for your wife. <laughs> yeah. Nice,
0: dude! Congrats! You, you played I
1: hope, yourself. I hope all the students that are listening right now are taking notes. Like, there's there's a little shade of dating advice there. In, yes. in this, whole she's conversation. like, now that I'm so you
2: smart, know. that was a really stupid wish, Josh. All right, every student listening, DM <laughs> Josh what he
0: it. should have said. That's true. For real. That's for real. DMs yes. now and any, be like, Josh, any, why not better this? answers? Yeah.
2: I've, I've oh done very God. poor preparation for the day when <laughs> the genie arrives.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, so you're you're not prepared for Joins icebreakers, but Sorry. you are prepared to talk leadership. Sure. Mm, that yeah. was a good transition right there. I'm kind Perfect. of proud of myself. Bing, okay. Um, let's talk leadership. We got students listening, yeah. junior high students, high school students, college students, uh, even some youth pastors that listen in um, because there's a lot of great content uh, just to pass on to uh, students that they're developing as leaders. So give us a leadership thought, Josh.
2: Just a leadership thought. Well, first uh, Corinthians 11, one, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And to me, that's kind of the ultimate um, explanation for why any of us should lead. You know, you really shouldn't be leading unless you're following Christ. And you would say, oh, that's true in the church. No, that's true everywhere. Otherwise, you end up with a distorted form of leadership. Uh, all, All leadership is servant leadership. Uh, otherwise, it's self-serving leadership. And we have a ton of that in society today. And on the other episode, we talked about how if you infuse just a little bit of altruism there, you know, our culture demands just a little bit of altruism. And then that explains away a mountain of greed. And I love Andy Stanley's uh, definition of what greed is. It's greed is the assumption that it's all for me. But even that definition, it's like if we demonstrate just a little bit of altruism uh, or, or or generosity, that that gets us off the hook for being extremely greedy with everything else. But I think ultimately, if you follow me as I follow Christ, you're able to say to those that you're trying to influence that you know this isn't about me. And it puts it makes you accountable. You know I think leaders have to be accountable. You know where where, where are you leading us? Why why are you leading? I heard the quote once: if nobody if if you're in a room and nobody's leading, you should lead. And then the follow up was if somebody else is leading, you should lead. And that, that came from somebody who's a a pretty aggressive leader. And, and, uh, and I think, I think that's, that's the way the world sees it. Sometimes it's just like the, the, there's a pecking order to leadership and that, that couldn't be more unbiblical. Uh, certainly there are those who have some kind of leadership gift, leadership influence. They have different traits that make people want to follow them. Um, and, uh, I, I I don't buy any of it. I think it's all follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, I don't think anybody would argue that you know Mother Teresa is one of the most influential spiritual leaders of the modern era. Well, there's nothing particularly aggressive about her leadership style, right? There's no, she doesn't she doesn't have any physical attributes that would make her a leader. What is she doing? She's serving, and she's well. She's gone. Is, is she still living? I don't. Have, no, she she passed. But I, I mean, thought but that serving kick, is what
1: so, she's known for. Yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly. Absolutely.
0: Wait, can I ask a question, Josh? I'm a little confused. Means. I'm I'm that guy. Now, hold on. I hear what you're saying, and it definitely makes sense in in church. I'm like, yeah, follow me as I follow Christ. But there's two scenarios that came to my head that I'm like, hmm, I wonder I wonder what Josh thinks about this. So, what about in places that there really does seem to be a pecking order, like my football team, I'm literally not a captain, or or a group that I'm in, and I'm not the president or vice president. There's that. And then secondly, for some students that aren't involved in any of those extracurriculars, they literally don't have a title. They're just themselves showing up to class, showing up to activities, or their friend's house. So so how, how does your statement still ring true when sometimes there is a pecking order, or sometimes, like, I don't have... Any title? Where does that "follow me as I follow Christ" thing play in those scenarios? Does that make sense? Yeah,
2: yep. And it's a great question because I think most teenagers fall into that category where they are not the positional leader, and and what you just described is positional leadership. In other words, someone gave you a title, someone or you earned a title, or you were elected to a position, or or appointed, or something like that. And and certainly uh, those are positions of influence that can be used. But you and I both know that the most influential person in the room isn't necessarily the person with the title. That's good. And I would submit that wherever your leadership talents fall, it needs to start with serving. Uh, and I think, you know, if you go on in First Corinthians 12, it says just as there is one body, though the one body has many members, all of its parts form one body. So it is with Christ. So we each have a part to play in the body of Christ. And, and if we unpack that theology more in the New Testament, we see that, you know, Paul gives examples of, you know, one part of the body can't say to the other party, I don't need you. And so sometimes as a teenager, you just have to have the confidence to understand that even even though you don't see Often, because a lot of young people don't know what their talents are. Personally, I'm of the opinion that everybody's a genius. You're like, well, that's, you're just really positive. No, no. I think God has given everybody a unique talent. It takes, some of us takes a long time to kind of see what it is, but rest assured that you've got something to offer. And if you will just look for ways to serve and give that away freely, the Lord will elevate you in that and give you more opportunities to that. And you will find yourself emerging as a leader, but just to be the one in charge, being the one in charge doesn't mean you're the leader. Like it doesn't mean you're the influencer. I mean, anybody who's seen an episode of the office knows that's true. So
0: <laughs> explain that. Would you, oh, well, just, poor Michael Scott. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's he's kind shade. of, the
2: yeah, well, and he's, you know, we all love him and he's great. He has moments when he shines, but But uh, but we all know that we all know that Jim's the influencer in the office. Right. Uh, He doesn't you know, and we all know that that, you know, Dwight, though he desperately wants to lead, you know, we we know that he doesn't have much influence outside of just enforcing the rules. Mm. So anyway,
1: Jordan, I'm going to start introducing you as the The gospel according to to the
2: office. The podcast host.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Assistant to the podcast host this is an incredible title for me. I love that. <laughs> That's good. Hey,
1: Josh, um, I, I want to ask you to scroll back for a second because uh, you said you kind of just mentioned something real briefly, and but we didn't unpack it, but it just kind of struck me when you mentioned 1 Corinthians 11, where Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Um, and you mentioned um, just the accountability that comes with that, right? To be able to live that way. Um. And to live with that kind of boldness in your influence as a Christ follower, um, even the boldness that Paul had to say that, you know, of course, he's saying it in the form of a letter, but, you know, ultimately now in the Bible, in the New Testament, the level of accountability that takes. What, why do you think most of us as leaders... Um, might struggle with actually saying the exact same thing that Paul said. Is it, is it because of our fear of accountability? Um, And and if so, how do we, how do we grow in that area? How do we develop in that area? Especially as younger leaders that are listening, you know, how do we help younger leaders grow in their confidence and their boldness in their own personal walk with Christ that they're willing to say to their, their peers and their friends, follow me as I follow Christ and I'm willing to be accountable in that process. Cause I'm not saying that because I'm perfect. I'm saying that because I want to, I want to lead by example.
2: Yeah. Well, there's, it's a great question. And there's a lot, there's a lot that comes to mind when I, when I reflect on that, but. You know, none of us wants to be a hypocrite, you know? And I think, I think inside of every Christian is this fear that, and, and, and I say fear, that might be a strong word, but, but a concern maybe that, that we won't live up to the standard and and I don't know where that comes from because if you read the new testament it says you won't live up to the standard like we true you you will fail and there's lots of examples of godly people failing and and in the new testament and the old testament alike you know david a man after god's own heart has has a highly publicized horrible you know moral failure that involves murder and so and yet the lord you know looks on him with grace uh, and then in the New Testament, you know, all things are new, and and uh, you know we're you're, the our theology of grace tells us that we're not just forgiven of past sins, but present and future sin as well. Your it was paid for on the cross, and so I think it's just the human influence, and sometimes sometimes it has a lot to do with our church culture. And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about an individual church and sure, its culture. Sure, sure. I'm talking about Christianity in America. Uh, In the 21st century, there's this idea that we have to be perfect all the time, and it's just not biblical. So back to your question, why do we have a hard time with that? I think it's because it's the reality that we know we're not going to be perfect. And I think that's why Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ you know it's not it's like like that's all I'm doing is just trying to follow Christ and every example of every Christ follower in scripture involves them falling short at some point so I am going to fall short and 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 then back to our church culture for a minute we're not always kind to leaders who don't perform well and and in institutional christianity it's connected to like our jobs and our livelihood. Um, society loves to kick religious leaders when they're down. Um, you know, I came of age during the time of the falling of the televangelists. These were these were evangelists that were on television, and some of them were really really good men that had highly visible moral failures. And even even in their confession, I think of like. Some will know that remember the name Jim Baker. You know, he wrote a book literally saying I was wrong, <laughs> like, but he never, you know, TV, media, they were all brutal with that guy. And it sent a message to every young leader, like, don't mess up, don't mess up. And, and actually it could, the message can be interpreted a lot of different ways. One of the messages was don't get too big. Don't get too big for your, your own calling. And, um, and now we're back at a time in culture where there's no such thing as too big. You know, there's, there's, there's no such thing as flexing too much. Um, so saying, follow me as I follow Christ is a, it's a big one. And if you're going to say it, if you're going to be a Christian, you kind of have to say it. And, uh, if you're going to, if you're going to do it the right way anyway.
0: Good. Okay. I have a question. What if I'm leading or let me ask, should I lead? If someone else is currently leading and they're better than me, I hear what you're saying, but what if someone is probably doing a better job? They're more charismatic. They're, they're funnier. They can galvanize the troops. They're better at organizing events, whatever, whatever setting we're in. Do I still listen to you, Josh? Should I still lead? What if someone literally is doing a good job, but, and I, I want to help. Do I lead? Is that wrong? Or do I just take a back seat? Are you the positional leader? Is that what you said? I'm saying I'm not the positional leader, and the positional leader is doing a great job. Oh, then.
2: I don't know why, I don't know why you would lead if you're not the leader and someone else is leading.
0: <laughs> well, imagine, imagine we've got a student listening right now who is on a soccer team and they have all these aspirations internally. But then when they look at the, the captains of the team, they're like, they're so much better than me. Or maybe we've got some, some quiet kids that really want to step up in their youth group, but the, the senior high students seem to be doing a good job. And so they, they can't imagine ever being at that level. What would you say to that kid?
2: Oh, they'll, they'll get there. They'll get there. The best, the best, you know, the best managers were came in at entry level positions. The best leaders were were the best followers. Uh, the best CEOs were were, you know, were, were good vice presidents. You know, these are, this is this is how it works. You know, you learn th- the best soccer captains were, you know, they were they were uh, rookies at some point, and uh, and and so as you you know we use this expression, you know, you work your way up, and part of that. Is you're working your way up because you're learning expertise at every level of the organization or every level of the team. So when you do get to the point where you are the most experienced or you've had the most uh, the most you know face time with the coach or whatever, you have a familiarity with all the other areas, and that's a wonderful place to lead from. So Josh, that's just a practical answer. I don't know if I have any scripture.
1: Amazing! With that no, one. phenomenal! I love it. Um, changing gears here for a second, just trying to, to, to drive the conversation, maybe a little more practical for students that are, that are listening. Um, And I don't that for me, I always just, you know, I have that desire for listeners to walk away with like, yeah, here's the one thing in response to what I just heard that I'm going to do, you know, to take this leadership principle and to apply it to my life. So speak to the leader who's listening, who is thinking like, man, I don't know that my relationship with Christ is strong enough and good enough yeah. that I could actually say in, in any version, say something similar to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11 when he mm-hmm. said, follow me as I follow Christ. What are some practical first steps that that student, that college student, that high school student needs to take in order to, to get to the point as a leader where they're actually willing to do what Paul models for us to do as a leader in the New Testament?
2: you know we always as youth pastors we're always telling people to read their bibles and from a very just here's a very very practical example of someone that influenced me cuz i grew up in church like i was a pk i was a bible Ooh, quizzer i was a royal ranger by the go. time i was a, by the time i was a sophomore in high school i i knew all the answers to the bible questions i i i was very familiar there, there weren't many bible stories i didn't already kind of know i'd already heard all the sermons i listened to all the christian music and and worship and stuff like that and and a guy named Phil who I'm still great friends with today he got saved in 10th grade and and I at that point I really didn't have a personal time with Jesus on any kind of regular basis. I was always in the altars at camp, if there was some kind of altar response time in church, I was down there, if they were lifting their hands during worship, I was lifting my hands and and I wasn't involved in any kind of overt sin. Like there was nothing out. There was no sin lifestyle I was pursuing. I was, I was just as susceptible to sin as anybody else, but there was no lifestyle that I was pursuing. That was, that was, you know, opposite of God. And I remember Phil got saved and he sat next to me in church one night and he had his Bible with him. I didn't have my Bible with me. I never, I, I never even read my Bible, you know, like I thought I already knew it all. And I remember he opened his Bible to whatever passage the preacher was preaching from. And I saw all this stuff underlined in his Bible. And I'm like, hey, you, you've been, you've been reading that, huh? He's like, oh man, I can't get enough of it. I'm like, oh, snap. Oh, Like I, this guy just gave his life to Jesus like three weeks ago. And here I am like, he's, he's, he can't get enough of the Bible. What's my problem. So in that moment, someone who'd been serving Jesus for three weeks was leading me as they followed Christ. And I, they did, and he he didn't necessarily have anything he could teach me. There wasn't anything that he knew that I didn't already know. There certainly wasn't more experience, but there was a very practical step of obedience that he was practicing that I wasn't. So to the student who wonders where they should lead, you will lead. If you're if you're following Christ, you will influence others because that little moment. The Holy Spirit orchestrated just for me, and I remember it to this day and filled it and do it on purpose. He was just following Jesus. So, that to me, that's what leadership is. He's actually a pastor today. Come on, wow, so, come on. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I just love that that's how God does things because I don't, I can't, it's a very insecure place. When you just try and posture yourself as a leader, when you just scrap your way to the top because you want the influence and you want to be in charge, good luck. That's a miserable place to be because you're never going to be comfortable in that. You're always going to be worried about someone taking your influence. You're always going to be jealous of those who have something you don't. And that is, that's, it's just one, it's not godly, but two, it's, it's miserable. And uh, when you just do what God's called you to do and he puts you in the places that he wants you to put. And it really is as simple as you just don't give up and you keep coming back for more with following Jesus.
1: Man, we could do a whole podcast on that last sentence right there. It's a very insecure place to lead whenever you've scrapped your way there rather than allowing God to take you there. Like,
0: yeah. And she's, wow. you can do it. You can scrap your way there. I've seen
2: it. Yeah. I've done it.
1: Yeah. We <laughs> all have at different points in our life. We all have. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But, but the truth of what you just unpacked there, that's a, that's a word, not just for the high school or college student, that's a word for the, the adult or the, or the youth pastor who's, who's listening in and is like, you know, like you, you we do have to learn to be content to just simply serve Christ, uh, be faithful using our giftings and allow God to position us. Uh, when and where and how he wants to position this. And
0: self and self awareness is is what I'm I'm thinking about. That that what you just said really brings it back to what's my motivation? Is it to be next to Jesus, close to Jesus, pursuing him? Which I think we all say is our motivation. But then, you know, when you put it that way, sometimes I, I guess I, I'm thinking sometimes I'm like, maybe my motivation is to be seen a certain way or to have sure. a position of something as opposed to just like that kid, you know, like, oh I just can't get enough of this body Bible. That's it. Yeah, I'm not trying yeah. to be the student leader of the month. I'm not trying to get to close out and worship. I'm not, I'm not angling towards anything. And that, that, that caught you off guard a little bit. And and it and it was a great story, man. uh, So much to unpack there, and we'll do that in the overtime episode. But Josh, thank you so much for challenging our thinking on leadership. Uh, Not only this episode, but the one before it uh, as well. But thank you so much for for bringing us an authentic, biblical worldview on what it is to lead—not just another you know be the best, grind to the um, top—but the way that Jesus led, which was with 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 serving others and and pursuing pursuing God. Thanks so much, Josh. Um. Hey, tell us how we can find you on social, just in case they forgot from last time.
2: At Josh Wellborn on uh, Instagram, TikTok, TikTok? Uh, YouTube, <laughs> Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Come on, I'm not everywhere. engaged on Twitter very much. I should do more on Twitter.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, tweet out this episode if you don't mind, because you know. Some kids are on Twitter
1: because every high school kid's on Twitter nowadays, you know, so yeah, (laughs) gotta, gotta see who to start and sit for fantasy. Hey, Josh, Uh,
0: thank you so much. Always bringing the heat. Um, and I'm so looking forward to talking about this with my friends and the overtime episode students. Listen here. We believe you are called to lead your generation. Do it with passion for Christ, but of course love for others. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much guys.